When I was a young man, I actually spent a night in jail when I was a teenager. Um, so you're not bashful. I don't think Christians can be ba- afford okay. to be bashful. If you actually look at the early church, the qualification was that you were willing to die for Jesus because he would give you new life. I just want to keep preaching the gospel, man, and maybe, maybe one day I'll die for Jesus. In studio, we have Pastor AJ. Um, AJ, for all our viewers, why don't you kind of give me a little bit of your history, where you came from, a little bit about you. Yeah, man. I'm a, uh, I'm a pastor, so I've been uh, uh, I'm Poland resident for about 15 years and uh, grew up in Boardman, uh, uh, so a local guy. And um, uh, basically, I mean, the, the, the way I kind of went about the whole pastor route was when I was a young person, I came to know Christ and, and uh, develop a personal relationship with him, as they say. And uh, that kind of launched me in a whole, uh, a whole new direction. Uh, I went on to, you know, education, uh, pastored. Uh, I started off as a, a youth pastor, so I was a youth pastor for almost 10 years dealing with young people and kids, which was a lot of fun. And uh, then after that, I, uh, I took over the church that I was at for about five years, and uh, now I started my own ministry called Gospel Ministries a couple of years ago, and, you know, do uh, podcasting like yourself. I'm a little bit more of a YouTuber, okay. uh, but, uh, but I am on pretty much all social media platforms, and passionate about cultural engagement. I've got, uh, I've got one son uh, who's a freshman in high school at, at Poland, and then I've got another one on the way. So, oh, uh, nice. Congratulations crazy. I know, on 45, yeah. man, and I got... Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, my wife, uh, my wife at home expecting our, uh, my second here, so kind of crazy. Yeah. So what led you into ministry? Well, uh, when I was a young man, I um, actually spent a night in jail when I was a teenager. Uh, me and my buddies were playing a prank on our principal, and at Boardman High School here, we were throwing Drano bombs in his front yard. Mm, nice. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there has ever made those or not, but uh, when you're a young, a young person, but uh, yeah, we were, um, I spent a night in jail. I was actually raised Catholic, so, um, you know, I kind of always had like a, a, a belief, I guess, in, in God and in Jesus, but I don't know that I really knew him and had a personal relationship with him. <clears throat> When I was in jail for that one night, 18 hours, I like to joke and say that I was, you know, I did 18, which it was only 18 hours. It wasn't 18 right. years. <laughs> but uh, just like to sound like I'm hardcore, you know. But uh, uh, there was a No little, face tattoos. So no it was, face it was an tattoos. Easier, yes, it was yes, an easy yes. No Mike Tyson face <laughs> tattoos. Um, but, uh, uh, but there was a copy of the Bible in my jail cell and nothing else to do. So I read it and I kind of made one of those little jailhouse promises like, you know, God, if you get me out of this, I'll read the Bible. So a couple of weeks went by after I got out, and uh, of course I was in trouble. I actually got expelled for half of my senior year, um, so I mean it was it was kind of a big deal at the time. So, uh, so if I make the news today, you know I've always been doing that, causing trouble in the community. I guess I don't know, right? Kind of my, kind of yeah, my literal coming it, to Jesus yeah, moment. Yes, literal. right, literal, literal, <laughs> no joke. Yeah, yeah. So now hopefully I'm causing trouble for Jesus now, you know, but because uh, uh, my heart is really for the community, and you know I love people and love God, and and uh, just want to see. Just want to see blessings come to you know my community that I live in to our next generation, our young people, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was my whole story. Um, when I got out of, uh, of jail and and uh, for that for that one night, my parents came to pick me up and everything. And a couple of weeks went by. I remembered I made God that promise, and I'm like, Ugh, you know, okay, so all right, I should at least do through. it. I got to do it. So I went and I bought a I bought a Bible at the local bookstore at the time, back when people didn't have Amazon, and uh, and I. I read the Bible every night before I went to bed when I was a senior in high school. And, um, and then uh, a friend of mine invited me to the church that I actually ended up pastoring um, a number of years later, and uh, um, that was kind of my whole launching pad into the, I guess, what you'd call the Christian experience. But um, it was a little bit of a process of God working in my life. You know, I think a lot of people uh, like 
to use the term Christian. I think there's a cultural Christianity where people just identify. Um, you know, sometimes I think people can even be like an atheist or agnostic or something like that and still identify, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian on a piece of paper. But to actually have that experience, uh, something, something different happened with me when I actually read the Bible. So when I was, when I was a teenager and I was reading the, the Bible, there was just something different about the words of Jesus that were drawing me in, about eternal life, about, you know, not worrying about tomorrow, focusing on today, that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, you know, of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but, uh, but I mean, he really gave me a lot of peace in my life, and, and uh, I think just the knowledge of, of what we, as Christians, call the gospel, that uh, we, we, have, we have eternal life with Jesus in heaven, and he, he saves us not just from the present life, but in the hereafter, and there's a resurrection just like Christ was raised. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool story. It, it tells us that there's a good ending to all the crazy stuff that we see going on in the world. So yeah, I think a that's, couple uh, years a ago, cool a couple years ago, I think the first time I came across you, it was your billboards. You had a okay. billboard okay. campaign yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So you got some marketing chops. Like, where'd you get, where, where'd you get those? Uh, I think I got a little bit, bit of craziness in me. I think little that's nuts? Really, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, to be a pastor, you have to have a little bit of crazy at least. Okay. Yeah. So I did, uh, I did some billboards mainly because, you know, a lot of what we've seen going on in our culture with uh, some of the, um, you know, just some of the, the, uh, stuff that's been going on with, I don't want to just target the LGBT community, yeah. like it's just them, because I really don't think it's just them. There's lots of forms of immorality. I just think that's one way that we've seen it, even in our lifetime, just go to another level where it's just pushed on our kids in school. I mean, you've got, uh, and there's all kinds of problems today, obviously, so I'm, I'm not targeting one group. But yeah, I put a couple of billboards up that said um, uh, the Bible, excuse me, said marriage equals one man plus one woman, which is, and then I just put a little scripture reference underneath it. And then I put another one that said gender is binary, and it had uh, a scripture reference underneath it. Both of them were from the book of Genesis in the Bible. And uh, that God created us, you know, in the Bible it says male and female. And, um, and that's all. And I had, I actually had uh, a local uh, business owner complain and, 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 uh, get upset about it and called the, uh, the owner of the billboard company. He told me all about it actually at the time. He actually told me about the email, who it was and everything like that. And, and, uh, so you're not bashful. I mean, I, you draw, you I draw energy you, and attention I, to, I don't think Christians can be ba- afford okay. to be bashful. You know, if you, if you actually look at the early church and what, you know, they were, uh, I think the qualification was that you were willing to die for Jesus because he would give you new life, you know, and, and not like in a Islamic extremist way where you're going to, you know, send planes into the World Trade Center or something like that. But you were, uh, you know, you lived a, a life of, of character, of God's character, and and if, if need be, especially in that culture in that time, uh, in a pagan culture, um, which it seems like, you know, in some ways our culture is reverting back to that today a little bit, but uh, that was the qualification. You were willing to die for Jesus. You weren't supposed to be ashamed. Uh, when you read the scriptures, all the people that I look up to, and I read about for the first time in a jail cell, they were all in jail. The Apostle Paul was in jail multiple times. He, he was known as a troublemaker in the, in the world that he was in. Um, people were constantly trying to kill him. They eventually did kill him. He was beheaded under the reign of the Emperor Nero in uh, the 60s AD. Jesus was in jail. I, I actually wanted to do a whole sermon series one time. I haven't, maybe in the future I'll do this, but uh, jailbirds, and just talk about how all the, the early church, all the apostles, you know, we, we know precious moments, Jesus. Um, you know, a little cute little fluffy Jesus, but I don't know that we know the Jesus that went into the temple and overturned tables and uh, was passionate about God and, and the early church. All, they all died. Every, every one of the apostles was killed for their faith, you know, so why should, I, why should it be any different for us? Um, you know, we live in a day and age in our culture where we've inherited a lot of blessings from previous generations, 
And, um, and a lot of that's, I think, is being eroded in our time. And, um, you know, you, you've got a real lack of respect for one another in our world today, especially in America, where we can't even come together, like, and find common ground at all, because, you know, we're just calling each other bigots and, you know, racists and things like that. And, uh, you know, so it, it makes it hard to actually have relationships with people today. So, um, so I think, you know, some of that's being eroded. And, and I just, you know, I, I hate thinking about, uh, you know, my son, uh, actually I have another son on the way here and I know you've got kids too, Joe. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just hate thinking that, that they're not going to inherit anything because our country's falling apart and just seems like chaos rules out there. So that's really what it's all about. You know, it's just a little bit of pushback from some of the, um, I think the, the ways in which some of these other movements have pushed into our homes. I mean, they're not just putting billboards up, which they've done, you know, you know, it's fine for them to put a billboard up, but when I put a billboard up, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big problem, I guess. But, um, <clears throat> and I don't think I said anything that was, you know, outlandish or mean or anything like that, but, uh, um, but they're pushing into our, our homes on commercials. I mean, you've, you know, it's crazy how stuff has escalated in the last just 15 years uh, things that 15 years ago would have been unthinkable for a culture. We're seeing right in front of our eyes. And so, um, yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question. Well, sure. But, you know, yeah. that's and, and you and I had a, has a, have a similar path here in this last couple of months. You were in jail I'll tell you about too? My, no, no, no jail for me. <laughs> but um, I went... Uh, I went on social media and I made, you know, it was a political thing and did some shit posting about, okay. you know, something that was uh, a little radioactive in, in, okay. in the culture Uh-oh. and uh, got doxxed pretty bad here in like August, whatever. And for those who don't know what this is, is they, when someone doesn't like something that you post, they dig up information. Oh, really? They make it public. I've never heard of something they like that. <laughs> make, make it public. <laughs> and then you have this lower group that gang tackles you and right, they right. try to, Injury. They try yeah. to hurt you in any way that they can. Yeah. And I lead a very public life. There's a lot of information that's out on me. So they had a lot of elements that they could go okay. after. Okay. And so it took me a good two months and and to, you know, really clean up the devastation. They took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit and and laid off me and I let it die. But it just the, the whole time, like I'm a big First Amendment guy, right? So yeah, I yeah, always yeah. think that people should be able to, you know, speak whatever their their feelings and their con- convictions are. But I also believe that on the other side, that the people who disagree with whatever I might have said, you know, have an equal right to, you know, display. But the problem is that when it gets to the point where you get someone attacking you and trying to hurt you. Yeah, like I yeah. wasn't trying to yep. hurt anybody. Cancel it's just, culture. Yeah, for yep. sure. And so, you know, like I, I often go back to the moment. I was like, okay, I'm putting that moment again. My The net gain was nothing, right? I got, it was all bad, yeah. right? And so I'm thinking, go back in my time machine. And on that same day, do I do it the same way the second? Because I still believe what I said. There's yeah, nothing yeah. that undermines what, what I really believe. Own it, man. But the consequences of like, would I really want to go through that again? And I feel myself recoiling a little bit and not unless there's a gain on it or something to accomplish i, I find myself not saying quite as much you know publicly yeah. like that and, and it's a little disappointing and and so i want to kind of bring you in yeah, on that, and that, you're dealing with similar yeah, right, right, deals right, yeah, so yeah. What, what was what was your experience like yeah so we uh uh you know last month we had um i put a comment in a facebook thread um and, and i guess a little comment too on you know the the freedom uh, freedom of speech, I think it, it actually shows the extremist nature of uh, of that side 
because they're, the idea of cancel culture just 20 years ago was political correctness. You know, that was the big sort of, you know, uh, catchphrase was, right. was, are you PC? Are you politically correct? You know, you'd hear it in church circles. You'd hear it in political circles. Like, is somebody politically correct? And, uh, and, and there's always that guy who stands up against it and says, you know, I'm not politically correct, you know, and, and, what, and whatever. But, but today it's, it's cancel culture. So it went from just being politically correct and, and this kind of thing to today it's, it's like political correctness on steroids where they hate you. I mean, and they, they want to bury you if you say something that they don't like. Uh, they want to destroy you. They want to destroy your future. Um, personally, I think it's, it will get to a point if we allow that and we don't stand up for the First Amendment. I think what will happen is... Uh, it, it'll get to a point where people are put in jail. And, and we're actually starting to see that in some Western countries, uh, in, in areas of religion. Uh, there was a woman about a year ago in, uh, in England who was arrested for praying outside of an abortion clinic. She didn't even say anything. You can look up video of this. She was literally, she went there, she was approached by a police officer, he said, what are you doing? She said, I'm praying. That's all she said. And he arrested her mm. for praying. You know? wow. So I, I think... You know, I think if you kind of look into the future and you go down this road, you look at some of the things that have happened historically, you know, in, in the lead up, the build up to Nazi Germany, the build up to, um, you know, communist Russia, some of those kind of things. I, you know, that's one of the first things to go is free speech. For me, uh, a month ago, I put a comment in a Facebook thread uh, to a uh, in regard to a, a, a play, a, a local production that was being uh, uh, marketed there, <clears throat> and it actually was taking place in Youngstown, but it was a, a drag queen, uh, How the Drag Queen Stole Christmas, I think is the name of the play. And um, I just, it just really bothered me, you know, just on, on a multitude of levels. I said, um, basically in my comment, I said, uh, this is disgusting, I won't support it, get the hell out of my community, you know. So that, that was what I said, and, and um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who wouldn't have said that, and, and even people who are on the same, uh, you know, side of me culturally, so to speak, that might, you know, not agree with the way I said it. Um, I've even spoken to several of my pastor friends about it since that happened, you know, and, and a couple of them thought it was funny, and other ones said, you know, don't worry about it, maybe just try to be a little nicer next time, and, <laughs> and whatever. But, uh, you know, but I, I think um, wh- what happened was uh, some individuals took that, and then they did the same thing. To me, they took, you know, tried to take my name. They took all of my stuff, which I don't know what there is really to say about me. I mean, I am who I am. And, and uh, they put my, uh, you know, my website, links to my website, told people to go uh, leave me negative reviews, you know. And it's just a small community group. So, I mean, it's not like a massive uh, following of some kind. But still, they're, you know, trying to locally bury me and, and get, um, you know, get people to actually go and leave me negative reviews on my on my books on Amazon and my website and, you know, for, for what, why? Because I, I left a comment. Um, and you know, the, the interesting thing to me, uh, you can jump in at any time if no, I'm talking go, go, too much here, no, absolutely. is that I, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy uh, coming from that side because if, uh, you know, if, if you think about it, one of the immediate things that people will do to you today is they'll call you a bigot if you have a, a difference of opinion. And, and I'm definitely not a bigot. I actually, came to faith in Jesus like in the 90s, and there was a lot of cool stuff going on at that time on the church level and the Christian level in terms of uh, racial reconciliation. And uh, one of my mentors actually was real big on that, and um, it was really cool to see like the way the church and different races within the church were um, connecting with one another and working together side by side, you know, to solve some of the problems in our in, in our community here in Youngstown. So that was kind of neat. That's where I come from. And um, you know, but, but that label, you're just hit with that label. You're a bigot. You're, you know, you're a monster, you're whatever. And, um, 
Uh, and so one of the, the, the hypocrisy in it, I think, is that this was actually you know, an incredibly offensive production to put on when you think about it uh, from a cultural perspective, from a religious perspective. I mean, basically, you know, you're, you're taking something that is representing Jesus' birth in, in Christmas, you know, our, our Savior, God. We believe as God as a Christian. You believe he's in the Trinity. He's, he's God. So um, you're taking that and you're throwing like a drag queen, um, you know, uh, show onto it and, and throw, you know, putting that out there. And so, so to me, I, I think the cultural sensitivity that that side is calling for, they're themselves not demonstrating. Because if they really cared about cultural sensitivity, they would not do the show. Or they, I mean, there's, there's a thousand different Christmas shows you can do. Do some other Christmas show. Why are you doing that Christmas show? And then why are you calling somebody a bigot when they don't do what you want them to do the way you want them to do it? And they're just expressing their free speech and their you know, point of view, which, in my opinion, is the right point of view. You know? So um, I, I would look at what I said personally, even after you know, it's been you know, a month and a half now or so. Um, I don't think there's anything I would apologize for. I actually think that my response was the appropriate response to that. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that our culture has gone so far down the rabbit hole and we're so deep down in the filth that what I said was seen as, I was the bad guy in the situation, you know, and I think that's the way I view it. Um, and it's why, it's why Christians really need to start they need to start standing up for their own free speech because uh, if we don't, I mean, it'll get to a point where we can't say anything. And, and that's where I wanted to get to the ulterior motive because I think the other side is not expressing those cultural sensitivities. They're not thinking about religious people at all, when, which is a large demographic. I mean, if you look at how, how many people identify as Christians, how many people would have been offended and were offended by something like that and found it outrageous that somebody would take Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and you know, slap uh, transgenderism on top of that and you know, drag queen story hour, whatever it is. So now, it, do you, if you got in your time machine and you yeah, went back yeah, to that yeah. moment, do you think you would have worded it different, be more persuasive? <sighs> I mean, I, I might, I might have, you know, I, I might have, but you know, like I'm, I'm a child of the '80s, and uh, you know, I, I think, um, I think people are, uh, for lack of better terminology, you know, I think they're kind of powder puff today, you know. And I, I had a dad who was you know, a little tough and, you know, a little um, uh, compassionate. He was, but you know, a great man. But um, you know, I mean, he wasn't afraid to be honest with you, and you know, again, I mean, you look at the Bible. Jesus went into a a, a a temple, which would have been like the equivalent of going into a church today. Imagine going into a church on a Sunday morning, into the, the visitor center in a church, and 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 they don't know who you are, and, and they you just start throwing stuff and and you know taking TVs, ripping them off the wall, you know flat screens, like like that's what Jesus did. Like I, I think I, I think like our perceptions today of what's uh, appropriate are way, way off in terms of what they should be. So, I, I mean, I look at a comment like mine, like, get the hell out of my community. Like, you know, I, I, like, I meant that. I, I don't, uh, getting back to what's the ulterior motive, I think if they don't have cultural sensitivity and they're not thinking about other people, there has to be another motive. And I think the motive is to desensitize not only, th like, our community, but also the, the next generation. And that's happening big time today. I mean, kids just don't think it's a big deal. They don't think... Some of these things are a big deal. They're trying to destroy the family, the family nucleus, and and what you know all of that, and and some of the things that um, actually m gave us the freedoms. If if you look at what gave America the freedoms that we have today, 
uh, the generations that came before us, and a lot of that was a Judeo-Christian ethic, a biblical ethic, a spirit of uh, love and brotherhood in the community, that kind of stuff. Um, they're not representing that at all, and, and in fact, they're trying to destroy the very things that will give us life and uh, value a culture of life, you know, so... Um, would I have worded it differently? I mean, maybe in hindsight, of course, you know, yeah, of course I would have worded it differently. Do I think I did anything wrong? Absolutely not. I think it was actually in a, a very appropriate, there's people who would have said much worse. Um, you know, I mean, if I wasn't a Christian, <laughs> if I didn't have my little jailhouse moment with Jesus, I mean, I might've said much, much worse. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, if I were to write your script for you and I would say, okay, well, you're going go to go back to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, let's just figure out from a practical standpoint how you can get and engage in a conversation in this. Like, right, I probably right, wouldn't right. have said that, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was probably... Yeah. Could have, I, I could have taken the last, you know, the last sentence out, I think. Right, right. right. And, and that would have got conversation, because yeah. my, my belief in the First Amendment is I think the more speech there is, the better. The more conversations there is, the better. I think there's so much more we have in common than we don't. And, and I think you get people talking, even if they feel like they're on polar opposites, that you find that common ground, and then that's where the persuasion even has a possibility of happening. But I think, you know, because it was already sensitive areas, you know, in that, um, that was a blockade to conversation <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world today. You know, it's really challenging. And it, it's, uh, it, it's funny because as, um, as outlandish as, as it is what I said, I think the irony is it, it actually gets people talking, you know, and you, you get, um, you know, you see like uh, you've, you've got cancel culture, but you've also got sort of this culture of like, who's the loud, what's the loudest voice? So you go on YouTube or you go on the social media platforms and it's, it's who's, who's getting the most attention. And, and so that pushes people to outrageous levels to do different things, to try to get their message across, to try, try to get their point across. Obviously, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, um, you know, I, I want to do things in a way that honors God. Uh, you know, I would never intentionally do something that would, that would hurt him, first and foremost, in any way, uh, or any human being for that matter. I mean, you know, my heart is for people, and, and I think that they will find the most value, the most life value in Jesus. So that's, that's where I'm coming from, you know. And, uh, um, but yeah, the irony is, I think today it's like, it's like, yeah, we have to have a conversation, but how do we have a conversation this is one of my big things on race, and I, I would love to do like a, a segment on this on my own show someday, but like, um, and with a person of color too, to see what their thoughts are on this. But I feel like the, the race discussion has gone just in a terrible direction today. And it actually, it undermines the gospel. It undermines our ability to have actual relationships with, with other people who are different from us. Um, you know, when, when you look at somebody, for example, and I know this is a totally different topic, but I think maybe there's, some of this applies to what we're talking about. When you look at somebody, and, and we're just in the habit of saying, this person's a racist, this person's a bigot, before I even meet you, before I even know you, uh, based on the color of your skin, based on the fact that I'm a white male, you know, I'm a, I'm a sexist, I'm a, a misogynist, I'm a, whatever, these words that are just being thrown around today that speak of a person's heart. We can't know a person's heart apart from, we can get to know them a little bit, you know, ultimately, ultimately only God knows the heart, but the way people are throwing these, this terminology around today is terrible. It's, it's just terrible. And it takes away from our ability, the, the ability for something like free speech to actually work. I think free speech is dependent upon a culture like we've had in the past that has other sort of foundational elements in it that uh, make those relationships work. And that's what we see being eroded today. 
You know, it's there's yeah, a, there's, there's always going to be those wedge people that they just yeah. want to see the world burn. And right, so but the, today the there's more, just a lot of them. It's crazy, right? You know? Yeah, and and so like I, my that's why my my script for you would not be to join them and be a wedge person <laughs> yourself. I'll have you not consultant now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Before you go off, I'll get. <laughs> but but I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like we 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 really need to bring people together and yeah. and not keep splintering Amen. even yeah. further. Even if you've got yep. the conviction of it, you know, you're you're you know you're feeling that you're right, you're right, right, right in it. Yeah. If it creates more of a divide, then we're worse off than when we when we started. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I think one of the hard parts today, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel about this, is that there are some real, uh, I, I don't know how else to say this, but like there are some evil people out there today that don't care. You know, they, they, they're not interested in um, having a relationship. They just want to destroy you. Um, I think I think, I think that's obvious. I mean, we see it all over the place. Um, you know, we see it happening to politicians. We see it happening to, it happened to you. It happened to me. You right. know, this is this is the culture that that is out there today. And um, you know, in, in some respects, I think it's good that we can say what we want. But in other respects, like you know, there's like the Bible talks about holding your tongue. It's not always good to say whatever you want to say, whenever you want to say it, and do whatever you want to do. Like. My thought process with the whole drag queen story hour thing or or the uh, drag queen Christmas play is that it's actually it, it, not doing the things that it is asking me to do. It's not having cultural sensitivity. It's not thinking about religious people. It's not thinking about Christians and how you know their actions might affect a whole huge demographic of people. I mean, in this area, how many people identify as Christians, you know? Are each and every one of those people offended by something like that? No, um, you know, and but but a lot of them are. And so I think, like, if you want to have, if you expect other people to give you those those uh, those cultural sensitivities, and I, I think this is some of what you're saying too. If you if 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 you expect me to uh, to be able to listen to you, then then the same goes for you. You have to be able to listen to me, right? right? And I think that's what free speech is all about. That's what we're not getting today with cancel culture and these, this extreme side that wants to just destroy the other, you know, destroy the other. Yeah, I see this so, with politicians. Yeah. Like, you take uh, a Republican and Democrat, you set them, on, uh, set them in on a, a policy, and there are something about a policy that this person is actually the deal-breaker, and same here. Yeah. Well, when you start your conversation, you're not going to take the thing you know will end the conversation, put that on the table first, because it's right, going right. to blow up. You already know it's going to yeah, blow yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. If you want to make some reconciliation or some have some common ground, you got to almost agree that let's figure out the things that we can't agree on first, and then if we Ever, never get to the fringe things, and again, I'm I'm uh, I'm saddened a little bit that it has to be that way. When I felt yeah. my myself saying, "Okay, I got, I still feel that way. I, I have some conviction in that department, but I'm going to hold my tongue right now because it's not going to get me anywhere. It's going to just injure me again." And we're going to you go are going to be my consultant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so tell me what's next in, in your world. Any new stuff, new projects yeah, you're working well, yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, well, obviously getting ready to have a child, so that's kind of on the forefront of my mind. In right. fact, i got to move my studio from one room to another so that I can, uh, my current studio can become a nursery. So, uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, I think just I want to continue doing more of what I'm doing. Um, uh, I'm actually also a consultant for churches as well, so I do that. Um, I also do... I also have uh, rental properties, so I do you know real estate and, and that kind of thing. But as far as the the ministry side of things, like I just want um, I was praying to God the other day, like let my flame burn brighter, you know, every day. Like when I die, um, I want my flame to be brighter then than it was when I came to know Christ many years ago. I think that for me is just the driving force. And um, 
And that's that's where I want to be. So when I think about things from a ministry perspective, I'm still looking at like all the social media stuff. And uh, I, I think there's a whole discussion to be had there on social media and ministry because you've got AI Jesus today, you know. But uh, I, I don't know where all that's going, you know. But like, but uh, but I think just from a social media perspective, I know that a lot of pastors are kind of hesitant um, to engage in it or to use it. Some do use it, and they're not using it, even the ones that are using it to the best of their ability. And they're doing, I look at them, and I'm, man, they're, they're doing really well. They could do so much more. Right. Um, you have so much of a reach through, uh, through social media, through the digital realm today that you didn't have. And so when I look at the gospel, the good news that Christ is king, that he's currently reigning and at the right hand of God. And so I don't know how much you know about theology, but that's, this is what Christians believe, us crazy Christians. Um, that Jesus ascended when the, after he rose again from the dead, that he ascended in, uh, in the Gospels. That's what it says. The word ascension doesn't just mean that he floated up into the sky. It means that he sat down at the right hand of God. So sometimes you'll, say, you'll hear somebody say, a king ascended to the throne. This is the you know, imagery that's being used there. So we believe that Jesus physically, bodily rose up into the other dimension, the heavenly dimension, whatever that is but that he sat down at the right hand of God and that he's ruling over the nations. And one of the interesting things about that is that you see historically uh, more and more nations becoming Christian to the point that over 30% of the world today, at least according to statistics, identify as Christian. If you look back uh, you know, to just 2,000 years ago, that there was a small group of, of people that identified in that way. And, and this was something that the Old Testament actually prophesied at length, that the Gentiles, that's the non-Jewish people of the world, would come to know their God through Messiah. And so interestingly, this person Jesus comes onto the scene 2,000 years ago, uh, fulfilling biblical prophecy, doing all these things, um, putting an end to the old covenant order in the sacrificial system and that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden you've got all these Gentiles like myself and, and others who uh, were not Jewish by birth, but were Jewish in our hearts through the person of Christ. And so that's the gospel message, that, and, and I'm of the theological stance that that's going to continue to grow, even if things fall apart in our country here. Um, interestingly, the gospel is uh, having major impact across the world. There's, by unofficial estimates, 160 million Christians in China where the church is being persecuted heavily. Those are similar numbers to what we saw in the Roman Empire uh, in the decades leading up to when uh, the Emperor Constantine took the throne. So I think, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think that's where the world is going, um, no matter what it seems like in the moment. There's been lots of reasons to think that uh, the Church would be snuffed out uh, at many points over the last 2,000 years, and even in Israel's history before that. But, uh, but I think, like, when you look at that Gospel proclamation, that's what they were doing in the early church. That's what the Apostle Paul did in the marketplace, in the book of Acts in Athens, which was a pagan city. Uh, he, he got stuck there by himself because they were trying to kill him in one city, and he ends up... In, and this is the Apostle Paul, by the way, so I don't know if you... You might think of St. Paul, you might think of a little precious moment statue that somebody has in their, you know, in their kitchen or something of, of an angel or of, of Paul or one of these saints of the Bible. These people did jail time, like, because of what they were doing, and, and they demonstrated the character of Christ, the ethics of Jesus and everything. So, I mean, th- these are amazing people, but they're also... Uh, they were... Um, uh, I don't know if a pastor's allowed to say badasses, but yeah, <laughs> they, totally. they were hardcore. So apologize for all my uh, brothers and sisters listening <laughs> out there. These these were some hardcore individuals, and and they just lived differently than Christians today. Are they're looking to be comfortable? 
you know, Jesus to them is just, he, Jesus wants me to have peace, you know. Did, like, did Paul have peace when he was preaching in the marketplace in Athens after people were trying to kill him and he was by himself? And um, to me, the digital world is the marketplace. And so when I think about what's in the future for me, uh, proclaiming the gospel of the reign of Jesus and uh, how, you know, there's nothing like knowing him in, in, the, in the new marketplace, uh, the digital world. So YouTube, um, you know, uh, uh, Snapchat, um, what's the other one that kids are watching? TikTok, TikTok Twitter. That's what I was trying to think of, yeah. TikTok, Twitter, uh, you know, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm on all those platforms. I want to be on as many platforms as I can. But what's interesting, too, is there's a lot of young people that actually watch, uh, watch my stuff and my content. So I can't make enough short content. Um, that's my little plug for pastors, by the way. Do short-form content. If you aren't doing it, you need to be doing it because uh, there's so many young people. If we want to reach this younger generation, just take clips of your sermons. I'll tell you how to do it right now on, on the show here. Just take clips of your sermons, have your video editing guy, just clip out a minute little clips and start putting them on TikTok. Start put, you can put those, you can put short form on everything. Yeah. Literally every platform. Every, every platform. Including Twitter. Platform. Yep. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think that's what's next for me. That's where I'm going. I just want to keep preaching the gospel, man. And maybe, maybe one day I'll die for Jesus, you know. All right. Pastor AJ, thank you for coming <laughs> in. I appreciate it, brother. God bless you, man. Hey, there's one more thing I've got to share with you. I want you to know that you know Jesus and that you will one day be resurrected and spend an eternity with him. The Bible says that all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That all you need to do is confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So just say this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were raised to life three days later. Make me born again in my heart through the power of your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Now go get yourself a Bible so that you can begin to develop godly habits in your life and make sure to join a Bible-believing local church where you can be baptized as an outward symbol of what God just did in your heart. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, send us a message and we'll get one to you. Welcome to the family, friend.